Welcome back to Sky Squids yeah, yeah, episode yeah. four. Bang. Uh, today, guys, we're going to talk about mental health. I think we um, kind of touched on it on the last episode, but I wanted to talk about it just because I felt like it's very important, especially now, especially since we don't know where we're going in the future, and especially because so many things are changing and we could be living in a, a digital world, virtual reality world. <laughs> Metaverse. Sometime soon. So anyways, um, it's something that's important to a lot of people. And it was important to me because I was at a point in my life uh, probably about two years ago. Um, it just, my mental health was not at a good it just wasn't in a good place, basically. So, um, and, and I'm not afraid to admit that because a lot of people are scared to talk about it. A lot of people, when you start talking about your problems or what's bothering you, that's when you find out who your friends are, by the way. Um, you don't see them anymore or they just don't want to, they, they just don't want to deal with it. And uh, I'm the type of person that now wants to, put it out there so that it becomes the norm and and people aren't afraid to talk about it and actually help everybody, you know. But um, some websites trying to find out what is the, what are the main disorders that are bothering people. Um, and some of the main groups of mental disorders are, uh, well, mood disorders, which is depression or bipolar disorder. Uh, there's anxiety disorders, personality disorders, psychotic disorders such as schizophrenia, eating disorders, trauma-related disorders, uh, also known as PTSD, and substance abuse disorders. And I think that a lot of people are experiencing these in an even more heightened environment because we're isolated more. And uh, when sometimes people will develop these new ones uh, like agoraphobia have you heard of that the hell is that <laughs> agoraphobia is the fear of going outside basically like people don't it's called what agoraphobia, agoraphobia. so it's the fear of... I feel like that was either be a fear of a gorilla or a fear of like gore <laughs> like gore like blood you know like no, gore no. movies no it's, it's just like the fear of going outside if you ever watched uh, what was that show called Shameless uh, you ever seen I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen a few of the first Okay, uh, so season. the first couple of seasons, I think it's season three or four, there's a woman on there that the dad meets, and she has agoraphobia. So she don't leave the crib. She doesn't, she's, hasn't been outside her home. She doesn't want to leave her home. What? It scares her because they don't, they don't know what's out there. And I think a lot of people have developed that because they're n not only scared of just COVID, but they're scared of... What else is out there? Because now, apparently, we got a new... How do you... Okay, wait. Wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. There's people in this world that are scared to go outside to go of their outside home. Outside their so, home, yes. Okay. So that can only be caused by a traumatic event. Like, I feel like that is something that can only be caused by a traumatic event. Because, like, when you're a kid, you can't not... You, you can't not go outside. Because you have to go to school... You know, yeah. you gotta go to if you're religious, you gotta go to church, you gotta go to school, you gotta you know, your parents maybe don't wanna let you stay at home by yourself. So like 
you have to go outside. So where do you like? What has the, to happen that you be like? That mm, I don't know that are uh, older people because you know they're at home, they're on social security. Um, so this is more like an older person. Typically, no, typically, honestly, it can happen to anybody. Really, if, it, if a traumatic event happened and it was scary enough for, I mean, eighteen year old, a thirty year old, a forty five year old, you know. It That's can cause wild. them to go into that. And a lot of people have developed that. Um, Through quarantine? Yeah. Just because what else is out there? Like, we already know COVID's out there. The variant came out. And oh, Marion? You about to dance up into your immune system, uh, fam. Omicron. Ooh. Is that you see? It's um, Omicron. Omicron. Now yeah. Omicron is out. And, you know, people are... It, it's not just that, but people are... Abusing substances now. Apparently, we're having an alcohol shortage. Oh, because everybody. Wait, wait. We have an alcohol shortage because of alcohol shortage. people drinking more, or we making less. People are drinking more and making less because nobody wants to work. Nobody's working. There's not enough people to make anything anymore. That's wild. That's so, wild. Yeah. I know there's like a shortage on plastic because I, I every time I go to the supplement store trying to get some protein, they're like, "Oh, that brand hasn't put anything out yet because." You know, they don't have plastic for the containers. And I'm like, dang. And then when I went, uh, Fresco. oh, well, this is going to give me away. I went to Wendy's today. <laughs> I had to have the breakfast sandwich. <laughs> I got a breakfast sandwich. That was it. I didn't get anything. All right. Uh, it's my off day. He's my trainer. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'm trying to hide Those box right jumps going to be real fun. <laughs> But anyways, I went to Wendy's and we have the the coin shortage is still. Oh yeah, you have to. I know some places you have to exact change or you have to use a debit card. And they're not helping either. I'm not. Their sign made me laugh today because it said they had a sign everywhere. It was on the menu. It was on the first uh, window. The second coin shortage. No, it it wasn't the coin. It said no Google Pay, no Apple Pay, and then it said no, no, no at the bottom. Oh my goodness. And then it said uh, no EBT car. <laughs> no. Oh, they hate my, on the EBT, oh man. That's my laugh for the day. But They can't hate on the EBT. <laughs> Come on now. They got to eat too. They're starting to let EBT cardholders buy hot food now, I think. What do you mean hot food? Like from restaurants hot, and stuff? So you, you're... Oh, yeah, that too. Some places offer that, but... Like, you uh, have to get it from, like, a grocery store or something like that. Well, EBT is, like, you can only shop at the grocery store, and you can't oh. buy anything from the hot Or CBS area. or something like that, right? Yeah, if okay. they accept. Yeah, anywhere that... But you can't buy, like, the, the hot rotisserie chicken, or you can't go buy any other hot food your, with your EBT. Oh, card. really? It's always been like that, yeah. So now I they're... I think they're starting to allow it. I don't know. I mean, they got to be kind of lenient because, I mean, they a lot of people got fired and they not getting their job <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, Well, as people don't want to work. Nobody wants to work. Who wants to be okay. in the public? Who wants to be a public servant or any other job where you have to deal with people all day long, face-to-face, and every time you get a new customer, that, that could be that – it could be COVID. It could be the variant. It could be Omicron. <laughs> I mean, it could be Omarion trying to jump up you. Like, I mean – okay, so – I feel like a lot of public jobs aren't getting people hired, but I mean, like I work from home and like before, before COVID, like I always worked. Well, I mean, I was doing delivery services, but before that I always had to go into work. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
But then, like, trying to get back in the workforce, right, um, you know, I started looking online, and it was just like a lot of these people are just offering at-home jobs, and they're paying more. So it was like, all right, go work at McDonald's flipping burgers, running the risk of touching some weirdo for eight fifty an hour, or work from home for fourteen. Chick Fil A pays fifteen an hour. Oh, okay. Oh, well then I might go. To, I mean, Chick Fil A is decent, <laughs> but like you know what I'm saying? It's just like, or even, or even like, okay, let's say Chick Fil A plays fourteen. They play 14, 15? 15. Okay, well, so 14, 15, depends on where you are. All right, so let's just say Chick-fil-A's paying $15 an hour, right? But I got to drive to work every day, or I can work from home for 12 Yeah, and then by the time they take taxes out, it's like you're making eight fifty an hour anyway, so... Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It I goes mean, both ways, but I, yeah, I know... I feel like a lot of the public, the public also, customer service jobs... Well, even like People warehouse workers those. too. So my aunt, she worked in a warehouse up and just until just recently, I believe, um, and it was just as bad in the warehouse oh, really? too because everybody's together. Even though they try to keep them separate, you know, there's break time, lunch time, and people don't want to stay isolated on lunch or break. So there's the risk working in a warehouse too. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't want to go and get those jobs now because there's so many at-home jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that are paying more. But you you also have to think, like, the people that don't have the education, um, they don't have internet, they don't have a computer, um, or, you know, everybody has internet these days, but a computer. Yeah, I mean, you know? like, actual hardline internet. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, you know, if you go work from home, depending well, on the job, some you got to the they send you that stuff, too, right? They'll send you a laptop, and they'll send but you, you, you said that you have to provide your own internet. Internet, though. yeah. Yeah. But this is, you know, and this is feeding into um, this agoraphobia or anxiety because people are not getting out anymore. We're all interacting digitally. And so when mm-hmm. we do get out there and meet people, it's <laughs> when it's awkward. When I mean, just interacting with people is what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess. Well, oh wait, but y'all went out in in uh, uh, the neighborhood. Was it busy? Uh, yeah, it was. It was it pretty was. busy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I know, like the gays, the shit, we out. Like, yeah, they're, they're out there. There's people that are out there, but what I'm saying is that just because they're out doesn't mean they're okay. Because I, I've been in situations... Oh, you mean I, like mentally? Yeah, like mentally oh, oh, fair, okay, fair, fair. you know? Um, I've been in situations where I'm in a crowd of people. I don't really know anybody but one person, and it gives me a lot of anxiety. And to where I just want to leave just because I don't feel comfortable. These people are not talking to me, and I'm just kind of sitting there and everyone's staring at me. You know, I feel like all the attention's on me. So then I'll leave, uh, make up an excuse to leave, and I know a lot of people do that. Because they're, just, I, I don't think I'm socially awkward, but sometimes I can come across socially awkward in certain situations. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody can be socially awkward if the vibe is off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's not just anxiety. It's not just the agoraphobia. It's other things too that are happening. Like um, there's been a lot of uh, domestic abuse. I'm about to say domestic abuse, child abuse, child abuse, animal uh, abuse. There was another one that was really on the rise. Uh, Oh, like well, drug abuse and substance abuse. Yeah, in general, those three, yeah, like were super huge during quarantine. And you know, you can't 
just take away uh, somebody that's an alcoholic. You can't just take that away from them. Someone that's addicted to heroin, you just can't yeah. take that away from them. You know, it could. Well, you know, they like let they them. let um, uh, when they start quarantine quarantining everything. They gave liquor stores exemption, yeah, yeah to yeah. to let stay open and let people come in and get alcohol because it's such we have such a high. Um, I guess there was too many people going to the hospital That's because of withdrawal from yeah. not being able to get the alcohol, not being right? Able to drink, yep. So that that was very That's interesting to see that, like, you know, I just okay. So for me, I find it hard, like, like where I guess you have, you do have to draw the line somewhere, but it's just like. You're gonna let a liquor store stay open for somebody to abuse something so to the point that if they don't have it, they're gonna have withdrawals and potentially die, and say that that's okay to sell. But then you criminalize like marijuana, you criminalize like all these other different well, drugs. Well, not really criminalized. I mean, that in in most states, marijuana is still criminalized. But I think. We're well, I mean, yes, we're at the point to where marijuana. But, I get but what I'm you're just saying, saying yeah. like, like, how do you justify one and not the other? I when think there's actually more. Uh, I don't want to say that if it's not true, but I. What I was hearing, I'm just going to say that what I was hearing is that there's more alcoholics out there that if they were not. If they did not have access to alcohol, they would be overwhelmed at the hospitals. That's how many with withdrawal with, with, with withdrawal dealing with withdrawal victims. Yes, I, I I mean my thing is I I don't doubt that one bit, but my thing is like if something is that harmful to a human being, yeah, right, and we know how harmful it is to a human being. And we can justify keeping it on the shelves and selling it. I feel like that's weird that they would allow that to be there. But then for so many years, they would criminalize marijuana. Where if you took marijuana off the street, ain't nobody going to be in a hospital for right. withdrawal. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> you, 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 yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you, if, if they burned all the marijuana tomorrow, like nobody's going to drop people dead. Would have, they they wouldn't drop dead, but people would definitely be irritable. They, oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They'd be irritable. They'd be stressed out. But it'd be like, okay, yeah. welcome to the real world. We all. This, this is, is how we deal with it. it right? you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I find that I've always found that kind of weird. How like it's just one of those things, though. That's just it's already out there. It's been out there for for years. I mean, they so, tried to get rid of it during prohibition. Didn't work. It's just somebody's gonna find a way. There's too many different types of alcohol to get rid of all of them. People will make it in their home. Like, you just can't escape it. So, it Same happens, you know, if there's an, on, alcohol, an alcoholic in your family. Legalize it. And it just... Legalize it. Yeah, Texas, legalize Come on. <laughs> well, they already got Delta 8. So, Delta... Uh, yeah, like but it doesn't A hit the same way. I mean, I used to be a oh, really yeah, big pothead. I, I can't smoke weed now, but I used to be a huge pothead. Delta eight definitely gets it hit the same. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it does make you hungry too, like extremely. I don't need to be no hungry, <laughs> man. I don't need to be no hungry. Like you'll wake up the next day hungry. See, that's why I went to Wendy's this morning. <laughs> yeah, see, see, he had a Delta eight and had oh, a Wendy's craving. Oh my god! You know, uh, it was a mix of that and seeing the the Wendy's breakfast commercial. <laughs> Hey, 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 over hey, and hey. over and over. Hey. <laughs> the Wendy's breakfast sandwich <laughs> smacks. Okay? Yeah, it, it it's does. not as good. It's not as good as Jack in the Box oh, is no, extreme no. sausage sandwich. Yeah, 
It's not as good as that, but it is. It's a solid. It's, it's a solid there. top five. It's definitely up there. It's a solid and top five. And if you've never had Taco Bell, we're not gonna. That's not. I'm just saying. We're not gonna do ads for them. They if gotta you, pay us. If but, you're gonna die, just skip that whole like <laughs> last thirty seconds. But another one that's really big right now is eating disorders. Is people that are just in their home eating, 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 eating. And I gained weight through quarantine. And I know a lot of people did. I don't try to hide it. I seen you out there. I couldn't uh, stop gaining weight. What? Yeah, that's a, that's all there was to do. Bro, you know I got up to almost two seventy. I'm not gonna tell you what mine is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm putting on jeans. I was oh like, there ain't God. no way. <laughs> yeah, but eating, you know, it's it, it's not just that. It's um, the reverse. You know, if you're working on uh, if people out there that are anorexic or they're bulimic. Um, people, a lot of people don't know the difference between those two. I believe I have absolutely, I think bulimia it, I is know. anorexia is when you do not eat at all. Bulimia is when you eat, consume, and then, and then you purge. Is what they call it. <laughs> purge it out, and then you go back. No, I think there was a girl in high school that used to do that because we would always see her eat, and she would eat a lot, you know. And at first. We thought, like, when at first we thought she was just skinny. She was just one of those girls that just, you know, she's skinny. Like her mom was skinny. Her metabolism is Yeah, crazy. like, her mom was super skinny. She was super skinny. We thought, like, okay, there ain't nothing to be worried about. But, like, we would see her eat this absorbent amount of food at one time. And we'd be like, well, how is she so skinny? She eat more than me. And then I think I think she had an eating disorder. She went. Did she go to the bathroom after? I, let's just say she had a lot of bathroom breaks during class, and we usually just think like, well, if you eat that much food at once, like, yeah, you probably gonna well, be on the toilet. Because the, apparently, what it, how they do it is they they eat and then they'll go to the bathroom, vomit as much as they can, but they still feel that that it's in there if it doesn't all come up. So they go back and they'll a lot of them want to vomit until they see bile. So what? Okay, so this is this is a very in your, in your stomach. Then every, everything's gone at that point. So okay, so this is okay. So this is why I would really like to have your friend come in. Uh, oh yeah! By the way, guys, uh, we're gonna do a part two to this, and um, you know any um, mental health disorders that you guys want to go over, um, let us know which ones are affecting you and. We are actually going to have uh, a friend of mine that's a therapist that was my therapist uh, come on the show and give us some pointers on how to deal with these things because yeah. it's not easy. And as much as everybody says, oh, I, don't worry about it. I could deal with it on my own or I can fix it on my own. It ends up eating away at, at us. And I was telling a friend of mine today, you know, just because you go to therapy doesn't mean that you're going to fix yourself. You have to get in there and really get into it with your therapist. You, you can go in there and tell anybody your problems, and just because you told somebody all the problems you have doesn't mean, oh, now that's off my chest, I feel better. Yes, but how are you going to deal with it in the future? How are you going to stop these things from arising in the future? And that's what the problem was with me is uh, – I didn't know. I couldn't concentrate on anything. I had a lot of anxiety, and I couldn't focus on certain things, especially at work. 
Um, I'm thinking about work. I'm thinking about what's going on at home. I'm thinking about all these other things. And then when COVID hit, it's like my anxiety went up 100%. So she's gonna come on and give us some pointers and just help anyone with any, she, she specializes in all of it. She's done, she's done all of it. So even if you think that you can't get help for it, let us know, give us a, a DM or an email, um, preferably on Instagram. Our Instagram is now uh, Sky Squids. That's it. If you're searching for our name, it's Sky Squids with a Z. You changed it? I took the podcast off. It's just too long for people to be. Yeah, Sky Squids. Sky, I'm sorry, Sky underscore Squids with a Z at the end. All right, who we got to beat up to get the, the Sky Squids with nothing else in it? <laughs> I know. I, I can check back and see. I don't know. But that's what it is. So Sky Squids, Sky underscore Squids with a Z. So DM us and let us know. But, um, Getting back to what I was saying, uh, my anxiety went up 100% when COVID hit just because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand it. There was all this other propaganda on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram of everybody saying all these different things that are going to happen. And then I got my mom calling me and she's nervous about it too. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And it just depresses you at some point. So I actually just stopped watching the news altogether. I didn't want to hear it. I couldn't watch the news forever. I asked everybody around me to stop talking. You know, I'm like, please don't tell me anything about it. We know it's here. Just stop because I couldn't. But I didn't want to come out and tell everybody it's depressing me or it's it's giving me anxiety because sometimes we feel like um, sometimes we it puts us in a, a vulnerable state and a lot of us don't like to let anybody know that they're feeling any some type of way about what's going on because it can be seen as weak or I don't know simple-minded I guess and I, mean, I think a lot of people fear just the weakness it's like yeah. everybody wants to I mean we got social media oh wait wait but I had an original thing about the bulimia thing of the of the of the having a lady come on oh okay okay just because uh, I feel like I I would like her to come on because I would like to dig deep into some of these social issues just to see like why a person does some of these things in a sense of like drug abuse, right? So I know one layer of drug abuse is like you want to escape your problems, right? But it's just like if you know that this drug is killing you, why do you keep going back to that for the escape when... You know, there's examples of other things that are health, healthy for you mm-hmm. that get you that escape. So I would like to talk to her about that. But then, like, something that's complicated, something for me that's complicated is, like, being bulimic. It's like, if you don't want anything in your stomach, then why eat in the first place? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. obviously, you need to eat because that's part of keeping yourself alive. But if your whole mindset is, is you don't. Like you don't want food in your stomach or whatever. Like food, then well, what is forcing you to I know it's like, eat? So anorexia, they don't eat at all. They just don't. They don't care. They don't want to eat. They just want to lose and lose and get skinnier and skinnier. And they make themselves throw up too. Because that could probably go into body body dysmorphia a little bit too. Yeah, it, right? it's all like all mixed together. I believe there was a girl on uh, Doctor Phil show that that I saw that. She oh my had, god, and she she's anorexic, right? Yeah, but she's she like skin and bones. Squeezing her her liver to make bile fill up her stomach so that she could vomit. 
again, and she would vomit like a hundred and something times a day. Wait, 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 wait. She was so skinny, she could feel her liver, and she would squeeze her liver to fill up her stomach with bile. That's what she said. Yeah. What? That's I mean, crazy. at that point, you like, okay, obviously there's an issue there, but like, like, how do I don't understand how people can get to a certain point and justify it as if it's normal? Like, if I got to that point that I had oh, yeah. to she was, squeeze she was my own liver. Something to throw up, like I, I would have to at some point acknowledge the fact that this is not normal. Normal. Maybe you can't. Maybe because you're mentally like you know out there, you can't justify that it's okay. But at, on some level, you'd have to take some like a step back and be like, okay, this is not normal. Mm-hmm. Like maybe. But you, I think yeah, they like, get so wrapped up into it because it's what they want and they're trying to attain. I don't even know what. If you already look like skin and bones, I don't know what image you're trying to attain. Uh, no Death, I, at that point, I, mean, I, I don't even know. I remember she's it, like, yeah, I still have some fat. I remember other day she's like, I still have some fat around my face. Yeah, and I was like, and I'm like girl, girl I can literally see your cheek everything. bone. Yeah. All the way down. Like, so, and then the other one, the other side of it, the bulimia, is they want, they, they, it would be like me. Like, I love to eat. So, I don't, want to, I don't want to gain weight. I love to eat, but I don't want to gain weight. So, what, they'll go out and they'll consume these large amounts of food, and then they feel like, oh, I got my fill. And then they just go to the bathroom and just let it all out. So, they're like, it's gone. It's not in my system. That's also hurting them, too. You know, the amount of bile that, that is coming up into your esophagus. Yeah, that's got to eat that shit. It's disintegrating. It? Yeah, your esophagus at some point, and it can mess everything up there. Cause that's it's just, wild. It's acid. You know, it's breaking yeah, down the food. No, yeah. you your know. teeth get all. Uh, their and, teeth get bad yeah, too. Their teeth like, get bad. Their oh. breath is bad. Like everything is bad at that point. So the, I guess so. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I would love to see. I would like to talk to. I guess I would like her to come on just to kind of take us through that mental process. You know what I mean? Like. Well, so let me tell you. When I first started going, I wanted to know why. One of my main things is I have a very short temper. I have a very short temper, but I, and it's only with certain people, which I found weird, like my mom, uh, my dad, uh, my brother and my sister. It's to my immediate family. Okay. And I, you know, and I don't know why. So one thing that I was, that she was telling me is when we grow up uh, between the ages of and she'll correct me when she comes on the show but it's between the ages of one and seven I believe is the most impressionable age for for yourself so you learn everything that you see from your parents at that age and you take it in and whatever you see you develop those so what she talked about is if you live in a home where through the age of one through seven, you see your dad uh, abuse your mom and verbally and physically every single day or every other day, it doesn't matter, you've seen it, that traumatizes you as a kid. And then uh, it leads to having anxiety. It leads to you always being, and it's not always the case, but it puts you into those relationships like that. And honestly, like I've seen, some of my friends who had who lived in abusive households end up 
with abusive spouses, abusive partners. And I don't understand it because you saw your mom go through that. You saw your, you know, why would you put yourself in that situation and let your kids Mm -hmm. see that? Or like boys, if they see their father abuse their mother, they grow up to be abusers because they feel like that's normal. Yeah. Or they find coping mechanisms or excuses to justify their actions because it's like, okay, I saw my dad always justify why he did it. So if I do it, and I feel I have a a reason, they do it. Yeah. So you're very impressionable at that age. You learn everything from your parents, and that's why a lot of people get in those relationships or they get into, uh, or in, in my case, you know, I we got into where my anger comes from, why I get so angry when I talk to certain people or certain things come up. And I said, I don't understand why I feel like that. And I know there's a lot of people out there like that because one day before I started seeing a therapist, I Googled it. I said, why do I get so angry when I talk to my immediate family? And what came up, it says, it said, um, most of the time people get angry with their immediate family and their close ones, the people that they love the most is because they know that they can take that anger out on them and they're not gonna go anywhere because that's your family, <laughs> right? I know, some, in some cases, not me. in some cases, it, you know, you won't see your family again. But if you've had that history with your mom or your sister or your brother and where you've gotten into these arguments with them continuously, 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 and they just brush it under the rug and you guys move on every single time, you learn that. So when an issue comes up and you guys argue about it, you already know that you can say whatever you want to this person and later on, it's going to be brushed under the rug and you guys are back to the square one. No. I never. I mean, and I would say that honestly, that is what happens a lot in our family. Is that that a lot of we they brush things under the rug. So after I've gone to therapy, talked with the therapist that's going to come on our show, she actually helped me have uncomfortable conversations with some of my family members to get them to see things differently and actually not just sweep it under the rug but actually you know look into it and be like why are we having this problem i'm tired of fighting with you i want to have a happy healthy relationship with you let's try to figure out what's going on why are you so angry why am i so angry right right and honestly it took a lot of conversations to even make some progress and that's what makes people uncomfortable is they don't want to be in a fight with people that they care about. They just want to brush it under the rug. Let's move on. I can't do that anymore. That's it. I've learned that if you have those uncomfortable conversations right away, and especially with new friends or mm-hmm. uh, anyone that comes in your life, new relationship, if you get those out of the way and talk about those, it's way better. It's way better because you have an understanding and you set boundaries with those people. So they know they can't do this, they can't say that, they can't try to tell you what to do in this situation, and everybody's happy, you know? That's how I see it, at least. I don't know, like, especially in, like, I mean, like, lower income or, like, middle class um, families, I feel like there is this very big idea that, like, kids aren't allowed to have boundaries, 
So, like, I remember growing up, it was like I couldn't have privacy, right? It was like if my dad wanted to come in my room, my dad wanted to go through my stuff, or my dad wanted to see something, or my dad wanted to know something, it was almost expected that, like, if I wanted to set a boundary and say no, it was looked at as disrespectful or, you know, you're talking back or something like that. And I look at, like, um, um, because I took a class, I took a psychology class, and it's like early... Um, it's called early childhood development Mm -hmm. and it talks about how like that same stage right that one through seven it's like your brain operates in theta waves so everything that you do consciously or subconsciously makes an imprint on your brain and then like most people can't break all that they can't even break that cycle whether it's traumatic or just normalized it doesn't even have to be a traumatic situation most people without the help of like therapy or a mentor or um, just a friend uh, that listens to you yeah they can't break a lot of these cycles until they're into their 30s because it makes such an impression on them and I, I just know like for myself growing up is like I, I, I it took me so long to understand that it's okay to tell people no because it's what's good for me you know what I'm saying yeah like yeah for so like long as a kid, it was like my like my dad would always make me feel bad in some way, shape, or form because I would want to do something in a way that fit how I saw it better or yeah. fit how I perceived it or you know what I'm saying like I never had even even didn't have the 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 like the freedom to like try something my way and 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 feel okay if I made a mistake. It was always like, well, that's why you can't do it the way you want to do it. You have to do it the way I tell you to do it because you always mess it up, right? So there was like, it, it's so funny because I, I, I got to a point where I was just realizing like, it's okay to tell people no. It's okay to tell my family more, most importantly, no, because this is what's best for Marlon. And this is what's going to help Marlon attain, like, what Marlon wants for his life. And it was just, like, really, really having to break that cycle of wiping things under the rug or excusing certain behaviors or, um, um, you know, thinking that because every generation before me says, like, oh, that's just what it is and that's just how family is, Mm -hmm. that I have to accept Accept that that. for myself. And it's like, no, I'm not doing that because it's like. Cause then I was just like, I started looking at my life and I'm like, well, like I'm holding on to all this BS and I'm holding on to all these traditions that aren't serving me to get to where I want to go to in life. And it's because I'm trying to hold on to this, these, these old school ways that came from my family. And it was like, okay, I got to stop. That's not healthy. That's not helping me. It's not healthy at all. Nah. So I was like, I got to let that go. I got to move on. And then it's like. It was mad funny because it was like I had to go through. I went through probably I'm gonna say I went through like maybe like a year, maybe a year and a half. I think almost maybe two years where like I rarely talked to anybody in my family because it was just like I had to re. I literally had to reprogram my whole thought process from just life goals to religion to jobs to spirituality to 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 who I thought I really was and wanted to be it was like I had to like let my family just be on the outskirts of everything because it was like every time I try to let them in they want to influence me back into doing it the way that they wanted it to be done or the way that they thought it would be done and it's just like nah that's the control trait that actually turns 
most people into a controlling person and is there, I can't be I can't yeah. I can't I can't do I'm it. guilty of that I I feel like um because when I was younger a lot of things were out of my control especially not being able to tell people who I was and accept that side of myself I feel like that's where my control issues come from where I have to be in control of everything like I have to be in control of how things are set up in my house, what's moved, oh where God. everything is in the kitchen. You know, it, it, it's that bad because I feel like if I'm in control, it's going to be done right and nobody can say anything oh to That me. is exactly how Eric is. Like, he is just like, that's not where the shoes go. I'm like, it, it, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking like, it really doesn't matter because we're going to yeah, put them on. I'm going to put it back on in 30 minutes. So why, Sometimes I'll say something too and I'll be like, why did you put that there? And then I think about it. I'm like, shut up. It doesn't. It, it's it's not that big of a deal. The whole kitchen is, is for the oh dishes. The dishes can't go anywhere. But, but continue. My bad. Continue. Yeah. Continue. I mean, that's that's all I was saying. That was my whole point is those things come from our childhood. When you think that you're messed up and uh, you did something wrong, like in a relationship, and it keeps going wrong because of the same issue, it, yeah, it might be you, but it didn't come from you it came from your parents and a lot of people don't like to hear that because they're like oh well, you're saying that my parents were bad parents and we're not saying that mm -hmm. everybody does the best that they can with what to they parent know their children with what they know and how they grew up and what their beliefs are and that's what makes us who we are mm -hmm. but sometimes it's not right and it's okay to admit that those people aren't right it doesn't mean they're bad parents it doesn't mean that you should have been taken away from them it just means you want you, you want to be better for the people in your future. That's mm -hmm. it. That's it. And that's and, what and I just, And for yourself, too. Like, and for yourself. For because yourself. you feel better. Like, I, I, I've had uncomfortable conversations with friends where I sit down with them, and they probably think I'm crazy, but I'm like, hey, can we sit down and, and talk? And they look uncomfortable already. They're like, oh, about what? And, you know, when we get in the conversation, I'm telling them how I feel and, you know, I'm trying to tell them in a way where it doesn't hurt their feelings. But in the end, what I found out is it does hurt their feelings. And they think that I'm being too blunt or, or being too harsh with them. But oh my God, I hate that. If I don't tell you how I feel and I just sugarcoat it, then we're never going to get past our issues. We're going to continue to because honestly, this issue came up four separate times with the same person the same person and I sat down with them and I'm like we talked about this like why don't you tell me these things when we're talking not after not when you've had time to sit back and think about it right. like and even if you do need time to sit back and think about it stop the conversation and be like well let me think about what I want to say and then let's come back because I didn't know we were going to have this type of conversation right, right, right. instead it gets fueled with when I tell somebody something that they don't like about themselves that I don't like that you're doing this I don't like that you're saying this I don't like the way you're acting they come back at me oh well I didn't say anything when uh, you were over there doing this or I didn't say and it's just like and that's okay, the pro and that's part of the problem you're throwing it back in my face in a, in a, a negative way I'm, I'm coming to you as a friend and I want to I want you to know that these are problems but they don't have to be we can fix them we can move past them but instead instead of owning up to what you've done 
you want to throw things at me right away and mm -hmm. take the attention off you. And that creates an even bigger problem to the point where I don't want to be your friend anymore. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, I, I, I've dealt with that, that too. And it's just like, it's so, I guess, I don't know. I, I used to take that stuff personal until I realized where it comes from. And it's like, when I realized that, like, it's just, it's that person's defense mechanism, right? It's like, all right, if I say, you know, you do something that is inappropriate, right? Then the normal person's, like, instant reaction is to try to discredit you for trying to discredit them. So, like, when I kind of figure that out, I realize that like a lot of like I guess for me when I deal with those situations, it's like I I let the per I try to let the person say what they want to say as long as they're like not crossing a certain line of disrespect. Yeah. Just because it's like I know that like I probably caught them off guard and I said something to them that they weren't expecting, and then they feel like it's a personal attack on their like character as a person. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. feel like you're attacking my character as a person because. They think that they're this, but then when you tell them something that takes them out for that pedestal, their first thing is like, oh, well, you're just as bad as me. And it's just like, but that it's not a point the finger type of thing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's a, you're doing something that is affecting me in a way negatively and I want it to stop. So I'm addressing it so that we can move forward together positively. Um, set a boundary. It set a boundary. But I, I know that like, at least, and, and, and I say that just because, like, me and Eric, like, when we very, very first started dating, it was, it was, I, I'm not going to say it was rocky, but it was a very, like, tug and pull type situation because it's like, we're, we're both very type A, right? I'm way more easygoing, but, like, I'm very type A when it comes to, like, certain things. Everything else, I'm like, whatever, I could care less. You could take control of that. But I, we had got to a point to where it's like, I was being so lenient with so many things that like Eric started feeling like he could take over everything. And it was like, we kind of had this phase where we were butting heads because it was like, look, I'm giving you the freedom to control all of this. Just don't touch this. Like, let me have this. Like, you can have all of this. But when it comes to these few things or these few areas, I need you to just shut it down and let me handle this on my own or the way I want. Or if I ask you for help, understand it's not you coming in and taking over it's you assisting me in the way that i'm trying to get it done mm -hmm. and um eric being very type a being very like your shoes go here the keys go here the tv needs to be hung on that wall not that wall like we butted heads a lot and it would be one of those situations where it's like i would bring something up and it's like oh but i did this for you or i went over here with this da, 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 da. and it was just like but it's not about that i'm not attacking you yeah. i'm just saying that we need to work on this so that I can feel just as good in a in relationship as you do. And then once we got uh, through a, a few just, I'm not even going to say arguments, but a few just kind of like little situations, he started to understand that like, okay, you're not personally attacking me. You're just looking at a situation for what's going to be best for both of us. And then our communication kind of changed. And then it was like, okay, cool. Like, and that's a big thing, and, and, and that's what happened in a lot of uh, relationships during quarantine is there was no communication at all. People are already stressed out enough. They're losing their job. They don't know how to pay their bills. They can't mm -hmm. pay their rent. They're facing eviction. You know, all these things that are happening. 
on top of that, if your relationship is already rocky, oh, it's gonna get even worse. Yeah. I just feel like too many people. I think I think too many people take too much stuff to heart. Like I think that like, and I'm gonna put it to you like this. I feel like everybody wants to be forgiven when they do something wrong or wrong, and their heart wasn't in a bad spot. But then they don't want to give that same forgiveness out to someone else because it made them feel bad. And I feel and like that breaks a lot of relationships. Forgive. That can be good relationships because yeah. it's like you made a mistake, and this person. You know, wiped under the rug or whatever, 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 and then y'all stayed friends. But then it's like when the table flipped, it was like, oh nope, I'm done. Like this is, a, and I, I just feel like, I feel like a lot of times I feel like people should be a little bit more lenient in the fact that like, yeah, this person probably did something really bad, or this person may have done something wrong, or this person may have of of wronged you in a certain way. Uh, but I feel like if the character of that person is ultimately good, I feel like you should work to mend that relationship. Now, if they're a piece of crap, like some some like a specific person we know, then nah, you just gotta let that go. It's just like nah, yeah, bro, like, you crossed that boundary. Like we yeah. ain't friends. Delete my number. I'm blocking you. Like, yeah. but I do think we we should we should take some time to judge the character. If they're of a not person. going to go like if if we're having a disagreement and I'm telling you this these things that you're doing are making me feel this way and I I don't want this to continue to happen because I don't know how to deal with it or you know it's giving me anxiety whatever the case may be and you continue to do that or that and uh, show other toxic traits that, oh. that's not gonna make me hang around at all that's no. gonna be like a, you know this is the end of Sky Squids I can't do it <laughs> oh yeah 100%, 100%. it's just like you know but if that person is yeah, they made some mistakes, but you also haven't had a talk with them, so y'all don't know each other's boundaries, and then now you have a talk and say, hey, well, these things are really bothering me, and then, oh, I didn't know that was bothering you. And it, it may not be that simple, but I'm just trying to no, give I see you a quick saying. example. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like, oh, I didn't know it was bothering you after a long talk going back and forth, and, like, mm -hmm. you know, let's just not mention that anymore and then I won't do that it, I won't do it again you know I apologize and a lot of people and take some accountability you know what I mean yeah like, because I, a that's, lot of people that's do a not big take accountability they like to do the uh, they blame someone else game. like or... well you did the other day you did this so how is that any different than what I'm doing they're trying to justify right. it instead of saying if you didn't like it I'm sorry it was wrong and I apologize and, and, just, and it, just take the take the yeah. and take that accountability like I I that, I pisses me off. Like, if I said you did something wrong and you just can't accept it without trying it's to... It's like, like, I didn't feel like I did anything wrong. And right. I'm just continuously like, just well, I'm like, not going to apologize for it because I don't care if it hurt your feelings. I'm not going to apologize for it because I don't feel like I did anything wrong. That's not... That's you don't trash. care about that person for one. Yeah, that's you what I'm saying. You care really about don't that care. Person. So if you lose that person, are you going to be happy with what you said and you're going to be fine with it? That you're never going to talk to them? Right. You're not. You're going to be like, ah, oh, damn, I should have just apologized and put your pride aside. Yes. Pride is the biggest killer of relationships and friendships and why a lot of families do not talk. It's that your is. pride that is eating you alive. You know, the other one I hate a lot, too, that I, and I used to get this with my friends a lot, is I hate when, like, so say, like, I have a disagreement with you, right, about something, and you bring up other things that you've done good for me to try to justify oh, overstepping okay, yeah. a boundary that is affecting me now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's like, 
I gave you water this one time when you were thirsty, so you can't be mad at me because I it's didn't like, put gas in your car. Yeah, I put like, gas in your car. I, you know what I'm saying? Your car last it's like, time. Had it, it's, so then for me, it's just like, it's like, you're not even, I don't like that because then it's like, I don't want to accept any type of favors from you the because future, then I know, we get past it. yeah, if we get past it, it's like, I don't want to accept any type of favors or good gestures from you because I know that you're just going to use those as ammo to treat me negatively or bad or or, 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 or cross a boundary later. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So then it put, I know like I've had a few friends where they'd be like, oh man, I'll, I'll buy your drinks. It's like, nah, I don't buy my drinks. Oh man, I'll pick you up. Nah, I'll put gas in. Nah, I'm good. Because then it's going to be like, when you go over here, we out and you fight somebody and I'm telling you not to fight this person, it's going to be like, oh, but I put gas in your car, right. you know, to, to come to the club tonight. So how are you going to leave me at the club? Because I, I told, you I told you five times, I don't want to go out to the club to get in fights. So whether you put gas in my car or not, does you cross the boundary by... After everything I've done for you, like, right. and I'm just like, it doesn't, it's not, it's That's not about that. Like, and if you're basing our friendship off of the things that you're doing, doing for, for me, me, you're keeping score, right. I don't, that's not a friend. That's not a friend, like, right? That's exactly what I, I hate that, that one right there, though. About. That's, that's, the, biggest that's the biggest one, one for me. throw things back in people's face. That is the Especially best. when you're just trying to set a boundary. You're not trying yeah. to take anything away from this person. You're just saying, like, look, I have a limit on this. Yeah. I, I don't want to go to the club and get in the damn fight. I'm tired of sticking up for you. Right. Like, I, I don't want to go to jail. I put gas in your car, no, so you should have left me. Nah, well, fam, you was fighting. Yeah. And that dude was 300 pounds. I had to leave you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're trying to now eat. you're in the Lusteric jail. Look, he's 6'5", 300 pounds, 10% body fat. Like, oh you could have put $40 in my gas tank. You or it's just own. like, uh, it sorry. would just be like if, because I know that you're a big guy, I'm going to take you into a situation that's already bad. Oh, my God. That's I, had, I had a friend like that in, in college. That, that's even that's worse. the worst. Like, well, what are you going to do? And we, you know, uh, 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 what, uh, what are you going to do, bro? What are you going to do, bro? <laughs> But no, that is one of yeah. that that I think that's the that's my biggest friendship relationship pet peeve of don't use things that you've done for me to justify you ignoring boundaries that are frustrating me. Because then it's like I feel like because then it's like you don't you, you can't really trust the person's actions because then you have to ask yourself every time this person gets ready to do something for you, You're you like, have to what? ask yourself like well, damn, are they going to use this against right. me in the future? Yeah. Or like, or is this is this them going tick for tack? You know what I mean? Like, and it, you should be if you're going to do something for somebody, do it from the kindness of your own heart. Without expecting nothing. From don't them. expect anything back. Don't uh, write it down in your right. mind and store it away for a rainy day when you're mad at that person and you want to throw everything back in their face. Because I promise you, that's the easiest way to lose your friend. Right. And then what ends up happening is. They turn around and say to everybody else, which is even more toxic, is, "Oh, they they used me. They used yep. me for a long time, and and I did all this stuff for them, and and they just you know." Like, and, you, so you was keeping score the whole time. That's what you was doing. You're in a different friendship relationship than I am. All I right. didn't know that you know because every time you brought that to me, you said it was. You made it seem like I didn't owe you anything. Right. You know, I tried to give you money. Or you offered. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. you offered to oh, do this. Oh, especially if you offer, like, like it, it'd be one hey, thing if I, I asked you. Sandwich, you. you know, yeah. I brought you this today. Just it's like, okay, cool. Thank you. You're my friend. Like, you're doing yeah, something nice. I ain't bet. 
But then to use that after the fact and be like, oh, I did this for this person and this and that. And don't and go this, out of your way. That, don't go buy somebody an expensive item or a big item. Oh. If you're going to turn around and feel some type of way when you're pissed off at them. It just uh, doesn't yeah. make sense. To it don't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. That's why I like the, um, I like that, uh, like whatever you do, like a friend's Christmas or a friend's giving, we always do like, look, this is the max that you can spend so that like, like nobody feels like weird because honestly um, let me tell you something about that so i had this conversation last year around the same time and and i told my friends i told i tell my friends all the time like if i want to buy you something it, it shouldn't matter what it costs and if you want to buy me something and not everybody's the same but true. if you want to buy me something and it doesn't Cost nearly the same amount. Like if I bought something so expensive for my friend and they bought me something, so I don't care. Like I really do not. Okay, and I and I and okay, and that I agree with, right? I just say I like it, and it's just in a sense of there's no pressure from any one direction. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? It's just I like I just feel like you should. <sighs> I don't think I don't think it should be that way. But yeah. like, okay, so just think about like. If you have like a big, only reason I say this is like, because I, you know, I would have like a big diverse group of friends and we would all kind of come together for like Christmas, whatever, right? But not everybody was necessarily like 100% just BFFs. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. I like the fact of saying like, hey, we're going to do Christmas together. Nobody spend no more than $100 mm-hmm. because then it's like, you if know. you get somebody you don't really know that well, you're not 100% right. It's not like you're going all in on them. Yeah, or that makes like sense. That. I was talking about our in friend general, group, like, yeah. Yeah, our I mean, that's different. Because like, we're on a different level. Yeah, yeah. But that's that was more my reasoning behind that. But continue, my bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that's a big thing, too, is uh, and people forget what Christmas is really even about. It's just to make somebody else happy. And you know, for a long time, when I was younger, I used to buy things. I would go Christmas shopping and I would buy somebody a present and then I would buy something for myself. Oh my God. (laughs) That guy. And yeah, I would buy my, I'm like, oh man, I really like this. I would buy it for myself too. And uh, I guess getting older, I don't really care about that stuff. Um, and now when I go Christmas shopping and I buy things for people, I just think of what can I get these, get them that they haven't seen before that's totally cool and they're going to love it. And honestly, one year when I said, I'm not going to do it this year, I'm not going to buy myself anything at all. No, right. And I went out and bought everybody a Christmas present and I actually felt better that way. Honestly, oh like my God. I felt really good for doing that just because... I don't know. I guess I felt happy that they were happy. Is yeah. what it was. I felt I I felt their happiness and what I gave them. So I liked that aspect of it. And then it didn't matter honestly what anybody got me because the main thing that people always tell me is I don't know what to give you because you have everything. And I'm like I don't have everything. There's things out there I don't have, but I don't really care. You can get girl me- like what? You could get me food. Girl, I'm gonna get you some fish sticks, some frozen fish sticks. You mean I ain't never seen any of them in your get fridge? Get the board of this fisherman. I like the, 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 Oh, never mind. Nope, because you didn't have them before. Nope. Um, nah, nah. I do. I mean, I do feel like if you actually know a person like well enough, you can always find like a good gift or a good gift for them. Yeah. Even inexpensive or expensive. I've done yeah. both. You know. 
I used to I used to find Christmas like once I got to college, and I really kind of started because like, I mean growing up I had a really controlling father like he was very just you know I didn't really have a lot of freedom growing up so getting to college was like that first epiphany of freedom of like holy crap there's all this other stuff going on in the world mm-hmm. that like I didn't even know about shelter shelter bro like and this is okay but this is how crazy it is right so i grew up a military brat so i've lived all over the world right so imagine how shocked i was to be culture shocked even though i'd lived Everywhere all over the, the place so you tell somebody where you lived in the, and they're like oh man did you go to and you're like no no didn't know about that, that or like <laughs> but you know what yeah I, mean? I know what you mean yeah but like it was mad funny because like i looked at christmas because uh christmas and i looked at like um birthdays and all that stuff a whole lot differently because like then i started looking at like i was like for so many years it's like my family would get stuff for me to make themselves feel better i feel like because I remember one year, I, so the very first time I tried to start a clothing line, I remember I text, everybody was texting me like, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? And I told them, I was like, look, you know, I'm really trying to start this clothing line. I really don't want a lot of things for Christmas or like stuff that y'all would normally give me because I'm not really spending time on even doing any of those things. Like I'm putting everything into this clothing line. And I remember I just basically told them, I was like, buy everybody else gifts, like, my, my little cousin Kobe, my little cousin, uh, cousins Devontae, Keitri, you know, all the younger kids, like, you know, my aunt, and I was like, buy them. And I was like, if there's any, like, money left over after all of that, like, like let me have that so I can invest it into my uh, clothing line. I swear to you, they probably bought me about $300 worth of stuff that I didn't want. So they, and, they ask you what you want, and then they didn't deliver. It didn't even... But 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 my thing about it, the thing that was so weird to me was just that like, but they had the ability to deliver and just chose not to. It's just like when you ask people to give you something, why ask me? Then you're gonna give me if something you're gonna give me what you want to give me anyway. Like you know what I mean? And but then like they say, don't ask for cash; it's tacky. And I'm like, but but and my thing is, is like, but <laughs> and even in that situation, was like, I wasn't really asking for cash. I was asking for, for you to invest, invest in. Yeah. What it is that I'm trying to do, and I remember like one year I was and I was doing music, and I remember I was like, "They're like, well, what do you want for Christmas?" I was like, well, "The only thing I want is, uh, I think it was like uh, a computer, uh, a better computer, so that I could uh, make music." Because the computer I had was getting ready to crap out. No, nope, didn't get the computer. Like it was, just, but but you know what I mean. But then they got me all this other stuff that would have amounted dang near to what I asked them for. And I was just the weirdest thing to me growing up that like now whenever I try to get people gifts, I really try to take, I try to find a way to get people a gift that will better like who they're trying to be or who or what it is that they're involved in. Like my little cousin does music. So when I go out and I'm looking for a Christmas present for him, I'm looking at like maybe I'll give him a gift card for studio time. Maybe I'll buy him a mic. Maybe I'll, you know, give him a gift card to a music website so he can buy beats, right? Because it's like, I could buy him some shoes, but that ain't going to help him better himself. I could buy him yeah. some, you know, stuff for his car, but that's not going to help him better himself. Like, I'd I rather, like, my aunt's in real estate, so I'd rather, like, maybe get her a gift card to Kinko so she can get 
business cards made to hand out. Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like going through that yeah. phase. That I really, is a better gift. You know what I mean? I just, honestly. I don't know. That's how instead I, of getting the because I mean, if that's how I try to process. If he it. takes it seriously and uh, and everybody helps him and supports him in that way, not just Christmas, but you know, Christmas just in general, in general, then he'll be able to buy those shoes that you got him right. on his own. He'll be able to buy a, a whole lot of other things. Right. That you got him. Or my aunt, she having these business card could be the different, could be a little bit of help. Of like, all right, you give a card out to that one person that buys your first house. And I wonder what mental health disorder that would even fall under when when we give people like you ask for something. It's self gratification. Give you something totally different. Like, what are, what are they trying to achieve there? Well, I mean, I know, like growing up, I mean, I mean, my family wasn't, you know, super super like rich or anything like we kind of you know scrape things together for christmas stuff so i i understood like being grateful for whatever i got during christmas just because it was like we may not have had the money for a lot of stuff right but it was just very like disheartening to see them completely ignore you know what i was passionate about at that time Mm -hmm. To give me something yeah, you know, that equated to what you what I actually asked for. Like, don't give me three hundred dollars worth of stuff if I'm asking you for three hundred dollars to invest in me yeah. as a human, like as a person, as a man. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you just completely overlooked the fact that, like, oh dang, we just spent all the money that could have helped him start his LLC. It, t- it cost three hundred dollars, three hundred and fifty dollars to start an LLC and be a legit business. Instead of giving me the money to do that, you bought me a bunch of socks and t-shirts and little gadgets and you know what I mean like it's just like that's weird that's isn't that that's weird interesting because like and they did that for years up, my childhood my mom and dad usually got us what we wanted like to the T honestly <laughs> just, um, so it's kind of no, weird no. to hear like I mean there's different no. households because our friends down the street um their mom and dad didn't get them anything for Christmas and they would they would Mm-hmm. And, I but, felt but and that's so why bad for them every year, and that's why I was always grateful for what I had because it was just like I may not get. My thing was it was never about getting what I wanted. It was never even about that for me with Christmas. It was the food. It was being around my family and all that stuff. But when it having came to, to look it, at the fact I know that what like, you mean. it's you know not it's like, like a big deal, but when it came to it, it's just like okay, well I really wanted. This. It's like I really wanted this. I really wanted this to help me in a and and y'all goal. completely spent the same amount of money. Yeah. On some other shit, yeah. That could, but you could have just got me what I actually like yeah. asked for. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was just that used that boggled. My, so I mean, after a while, I just stopped asking for that. Like, what do you want for Christmas? I don't want nothing. I don't even give me nothing. It's fine. But you know, childhood. And so that you know, everybody's childhood's different based on. We talked about how how they were raised and mm-hmm. what their beliefs are and how they feel things should happen. That's what makes everybody who we are. And when we all come together from different families, it's what makes us unique to each other. Because yeah. it's like, oh, wow, I never met. There's still people to this day. I'm like, oh, my God, I've never met anybody like you before. You know, it's surprising <laughs> to be over 30 and still meet somebody and be like, you, you, my friend, you are, the, are unique yeah. in every way, shape, or form. Yeah. But I like it too, though, because it's just like, you know, especially growing up sheltered. Like, and that's just so funny to me. That like, I was culture shocked at being sheltered 
because I was so cultured as I thought I was, yeah. but I wasn't. Like it was just, dude. Getting to college was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like if I if I did not get a full academic athletic scholarship to go to college, I don't think I would have went. Right? I don't think I would have would have really just taken that leap of faith to go. Mm. Um, just because, like, I didn't really have a full grasp on, like, even adulthood, but just not being under my dad's just, like, foot and toe. You still got out of there just to, to, to... I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, because, honestly, like... Uh, I don't know. My family, uh, we... I went to college, and nobody told me to. I mean, when I say nobody told me to, it's like there was, yes, my mom and dad were like, we want better for you. Right. But it was our choice to go to college if we wanted to or not. And I was the only It wasn't one. like a pressure to it. Yeah, there was no pressure. There was no talks. There was no, what school do you want to go to? It was just like I had to make that decision for myself and figure out what I wanted for my life. And um, college... It's not for everybody, so it is not pressured. I don't. I feel like I could have learned that stuff. If I wasn't playing more. football, I highly don't. They, they, the they, value they, in college for me was just to play me football. For a math class and a math book, and this is so funny because my friend used to say, "When am I ever going to walk across the street and have to solve this formula?" Never, <laughs> never. And then I see today people posting online. I'm still looking for that formula when I. <laughs> <laughs> I have not used Pythagorean theorem right. my entire effing oh life. Oh my god! I've not used calculus. Look, I've been, pie only comes I up got, on pie day. Hell, and we don't even have like, to use the numbers. We just eat the pie. We just eat the pie. We're like, it's pie day, and I'm like, like okay, what crazy. is that? Again? Okay, I remember now. Let's eat pie. <laughs> Of what, like, even algebra. We haven't even used algebra. You learned that in, 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 in high school. We still don't use algebra. I failed algebra like twice in college. I was a math geek. I, I've, I've got. You were a math league? I was done. Dude, I'm literally two. I was two classes. So oh, I was going to school God. for engineering. I took so many math classes that by my junior year, I think I was like two electives away from actually having a math bachelor's. Oh, my God. I got all the When I took me. calculus... Oh, I opted out of calculus. When I took calculus, I passed it with an A minus, and I cried because I, I calculus. Me and math do. There's not only get along. four main formulas in Cal Cal one. There's me four and main math concepts. Do not get along. I cannot do math. It just something in my brain just does not calculate mm-hmm. math. It just doesn't happen for me. But you know um, what? I am a good writer. Like. With my words, I can I can write. Oh, well, see, that's yeah. your gift. That's your that's I'm your a lane. Good writer. When that's it comes to that, or a good storyteller, I would say. But anyways, um, getting back to getting back to all of this, I was looking at um, the impact of COVID on suicide rates and and how it's affected everyone. And the report on here that was released. <sighs> It says that 75,000, it's increased by 75,000 additional people. What, like today, this month? No, 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 no. Like since this, since COVID hit, the suicide rate has gone up by 75,000. Wait, so that means like dang near. Okay, so what's the original number? 
it doesn't say. That's wild because that's almost as like many and people it, that were dying. These are the things that are causing the, these people. To, this is the things: it's economic stress, stress, true. depression, um, drug dependency, yeah. and, uh, neuro, neurotic Neuro-lo- disorders, psychotic disorders. Um, oh, wow. These are the things that are, you know, and honestly, uh, one of my friends, two of my, two of my friends committed suicide uh, the past year, and one of them was a real shock. I mean, the uh, they were both a shock. Don't get me wrong, but one I just hadn't been in contact with for a very long time, and the other one he was a good friend, and and man, that shocked me really bad because I wasn't expecting it at all. See him, he was always on social media happy he had a great life like he had a great job he had a great place every he had lots of friends he was always going to concerts and i honestly don't even know how he did it because i hate to ask those questions I, i i don't know i don't think it's disrespectful i know that a lot of people are like well how did he how did they do it well yeah yeah I don't know, but he did commit suicide. Both of my friends committed suicide. The one that was more recent was um, probably about four months ago, I think, four or yeah, five months ago. And it just really shocked me because at the, the outpour of people online for yeah. him, it's crazy. oh, my God, they were just like, I don't know why he didn't contact me. I wish he, you know, somebody would have, he would have said something. Nobody even knew. And people struggle with these Things behind closed doors because they're too embarrassed to say I need help. I I I, I do see the other I do see the other side of that in a sense of like all the things that you said when you first mentioned it. Right, you're like he had a nice place, he had a nice job, he was going to concerts, he was doing all these things, right? And I I know like even in in, in some of my own personal experiences, like you know. There was a portion of my life where I was very depressed, but I couldn't talk to anybody about it because they were looking at all the success I had. So it was like it was like I would I could say I was unhappy or I didn't enjoy something. I didn't like something. And it would be like, well, it doesn't matter. You're like the number 10 linebacker in all of Central Texas, bro. You're fine. Or, you know, you know, I didn't like something. It's like, yeah, bro, but you're on scholarship. So it's just like, how, what do you have to complain about? Like, it's like, I feel like in the case of people like, like him, it's like, yeah, he has a lot of good things going for him, but maybe it's something not the things that he, that he wants good yeah. for him. You know what I mean? Like you, you see so many people that have a lot in life and they're still depressed because it's like, they don't, but they don't have the things that, fulfill them necessarily so like I feel like that's a very big hard part other part of people not talking about not talking about their depression because it's like people don't don't understand don't value what they're trying to tell them because it's like like, I'm looking at what you have oh we'll just go to a therapist oh we'll just do that or not even that they tell you you shouldn't be They, they disregard your it's like they disregard what you're telling them because they don't see... They're looking at your life from what they would want. Yeah. And then they say, well, there's no reason for you to be depressed because you have everything that I would want in life to make me happy. You have it. So you saying you're sad or depressed doesn't make sense because you should be happy with what you have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I feel like that's the other side of, like, mental health is, like, 
if you're too successful or if you're too this or you're too that and you tell somebody you have a mental health disorder, they instantly almost dismiss it like that's not possible for someone like you because you have this, right? Or it's impossible for you to have this type of thing because you accomplished this or it's impossible for you to feel that way because you have all of this. And it's just like the celebrity uh, Chester Benningfield from Lincoln Park. He committed suicide and he was a, a famous, oh my God, Lincoln Park, you know? Like, right. what would have thought? He it's like you have everything to live struggle for. struggle with that. You have anything at your fingertips and you still don't, something is wrong. And you know, I don't like, and a lot, no, I have not heard anybody say this, so it might be controversial, but a lot of people say, I don't like, I don't, I don't know if I should say it. Well, a lot of people say, don't, uh, to say, to speak up, if you're suicidal, speak up, uh, say something. If you see something, say something. And it's just like, those people don't want you to stop them, so they're not going to tell you. So what is all this? Wait, with suicide? Yeah, how they do, like, suicide awareness, where they're just, like, reach out to people and see if they're okay. They're still not going to tell you. They're still not. I, I feel like they're still not going to tell you because they never do. If somebody has already moved to the decision to where they're going to commit suicide, they've already made that conscious decision to do it and they don't want anybody to stop them that's the thing that nobody ever talks about is that they've made up their mind I don't agree with that no at all no because if you look at anybody that's ever committed suicide when they actually get in front of like a professional who deals with these people they there's a trail there's lit there's a trail of consistent actions that happen before somebody gets to the oh, point yeah. no, of no, 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 committing that's suicide missing. that's what so I'm for saying. me I like I feel like I feel like I feel like the people that get to the point where they are and I hate to say it this way successful at committing suicide is because it's been a mild escalation every time they've attempted something to yeah. as a cry out to help and then it was like they got to the point to where they just went too far so it's like it start it might start out as bodily harm right mm -hmm. but then it's like nobody responds to them cutting themselves right so then it's like well now i have to up the es i have to escalate to something new to try to get the attention that i'm looking for so then maybe it's alcoholism right and then it's like, okay i'm still not getting the response i want then maybe it's pills then it's like i'm still not getting the response i want so then it goes into maybe pills and alcohol and then they're successful well, yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. Like, there's certain there's certain things that they do to make people aware that they're not okay, and though and those things go ignored. But what I'm saying is, like, when people say that they could have prevented it at that, like, I oh, I wish I could have done something about it. I wish I could have said something about it. Honestly, like everybody said that about my friend because he was fine he was happy he was living he was still doing things normally he had a roommate that they were best friends and they did everything together and it's, he didn't even know so it's just like if he didn't even know the closest person to you that lives with you there's no way that you could have stopped that I'm not saying it's for all cases but I, I, I still think like that how I would can't. you even know like if if I was sitting here today and I was suicidal, 
what would even be a sign for anybody to know if I did not let because I will say that when I get depressed or when I'm not feeling like myself or I'm down I honestly don't let anybody know but I don't let anybody know that I still act the same I still act normal I still laugh I still make other people laugh I still have a good time and then when you get alone that's when you're back in those low moments and I, and and that's why I say that like and that's that's the only reason why like I disagree, I disagree with that particular perspective just because you know when that guy is in social settings he has the person who he is in social settings, right? So that person, you're not going to think, wants to commit suicide because he's adapted to being the person that you see, mm-hmm. right? But when he's alone and there's no one else around, then he could be that person that is 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 wanting to cry out for help. But then maybe he doesn't cry out for help because he's tried and people look at it as, but you have a nice house, you have a nice car, you have a nice this, you have a nice that. So they just dismiss what he's trying to say, and then it leads, and it up leads to that, to that yeah, point. I, can see it you that way. Like, yeah. I don't think no, I, bro. I I, I just I, feel there's like no if person you made up your earth. mind to commit suicide, once that person makes up their mind, there's no stopping them at that point. But what I'm saying is, is I don't think somebody like put this. As you could be going through a shit ton of shit, right? Like your life could be going to hell. You don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to kill myself. There is a progression that happens to that. Because at the first sign of adversity, you fight back, mm-hmm. right? We have a natural. You have that natural inclination. I, gotta, I, can, I can get over this. I can, I can figure out how to fight this. I can get to the other side. I can, you know, I can fix this, right? You know what I'm saying? Maybe we need that other perspective from somebody else that went through that to. To yeah, I mean yeah, or even that. a therapist that are like okay, yeah. we deal with these people, which would be a great thing to that have a lady come in because she could maybe break it down. But I just I don't know. I just feel like I feel like anybody that does commit suicide, it's like a gradual. Um, it's a gradual escalation to that point where it's like. You know, yeah, they could have been helped, but they didn't get the help that they needed, or they didn't talk to the person they needed to talk to, whatever the case may be. And then it was just like they're gone. I don't know. I guess maybe I just—it's just hard for me to when I think about it, especially my friend. You know, how could I have done? Why didn't I call them, or why didn't I do this? And then honestly, that messes with your own mental health for a while some people hang on to them especially you know I can only imagine what his best friend that was also his roommate was thinking when that happened you know like why why didn't you tell me something or why didn't you let me know but he could have you know that's true I mean we don't listen to those signs I saw a commercial for suicide prevention uh, not suicide prevention just uh, mental health uh, commercial and it was a lot of people that that were trying to tell people how they feel, and their friends were just dismissing them. Oh, you're just having an off day. You'll be okay tomorrow. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, why don't you just take the time out to listen? Because right. I'm telling you for a reason. Because anybody that knows me personally um, knows that I never sit there and talk about anything like down in the dumps and sad unless I'm just really, really, really feeling bad. it. Because I, I don't think I've ever said anything to anybody in a social setting to like I, I feel like I'm depressed or something you know I just don't do that but 
when people do do that, if it's out of their norm, and you think, especially if you think they have a great life, then you should listen to them because something is wrong. Right. But uh, no, I, I I don't know. I feel like I feel like a lot of people get. I feel like a lot of people get ignored mm-hmm. in mental health issues because there's been such a long history of dismissing mental health issues. Um, there's such a big there. There used to be not anymore, but there used to be this very big stigma that like if you had any type of like I still mental feel like issues, there is you're crazy. You're yeah, crazy. especially bipolar disorder. You know, oh, yeah. people that have bipolar disorder, yeah. they're like, oh, you know, and they like to make jokes about it. Oh, they're bipolar. Mm-hmm. And that person might not even be bipolar, but, you know, they, it, you can that's have That's the first thing that they jump to. Right. That's the first thing they jump to as a joke. And it's actually, that's not cool. it's not really a joke. Bipolar yeah. disorder is not a joke. But, um, but we definitely need to have that lady on because I got a lot of questions. We're definitely going to have her on, um, therapist Amy. And, uh, Does she go by therapist Amy? No, I call her that. Oh, 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 oh. her name is Amy. Um, but uh, yeah, we do want to have her on. We're going to have her address some of these things and give her insight on a lot of them, just to kind of help out. But if you guys are having, if you're struggling with any of these things, you know, you can DM us and let us know. If you're struggling um, with suicide call somebody if it's not you know sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger I remember when I moved um, to California uh, after I graduated college and uh, I was living at my cousin's house I kind of felt weird because I wasn't out to anybody and I felt like I wanted to talk to somebody but I didn't know who I could trust and so I called uh i think it was the boys town national hotline and i spoke Uh to just a stranger anonymously about it and that was like the best thing i ever did even though it took me a while because i was just like i I was really struggling with it telling anybody about it at all and uh it helped it helped it didn't help me come out to anybody but it you know it felt good to talk to tell someone on the phone you know um so yeah i'm just Call somebody. Call your friends. Call your family. If you're isolated, try to find a way to see people anyway. Video chat. You know, I know it's not the same thing, but it's still something. It's better than nothing. Yeah, it's better than that. And then if you go online, there's a lot of resources there, and a lot of people are offering. And people don't know this too. A lot of people are offering um, free telehealth. You know, therapist over the phone now. Yeah, yeah, through your insurance. And insurance did not used to cover that because I was going to therapy where I was paying out of pocket. So now it's it's because of COVID, it's now free. I I guess that's the one. That's crazy they wouldn't even cover that, man. That's trash. Yeah, they didn't see that as and that's the stigma around it too. Like they didn't see it as a necessity for people, but you know, it took me, and what really pissed me off is when I went to my doctor and I told him that I was really depressed and I was stressed out. This is a, I'm not going to put them out there, but um, my doctor, they're a very reputable hospital, Yeah, I'll say, doctor's office. And my Baylor. doctor, I. <laughs> it's Baylor. Because everybody in Dallas go to Baylor. 
Unless they go to the other. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to shout anybody out. But it, it was Baylor. Look, I'm telling you, everybody, when you, you go to the hospital in Dallas, you go to I the Baylor Center. I honestly centers. broke down when I was talking to my doctor. And I was like, I just, I said, you know what? This is really pissing me off because I wanted to get off work to deal with my mental problems head on and just really focus on it because it was just really bad. It, it was really bad. And um, nobody believed me because I'm always laughing. I'm always whatever. Yeah, yeah. So nobody thought anything was wrong. But especially if I'm telling my doctor something, I expect you to listen because at the end of the day, the insurance is paying you because I'm paying my insurance. Right. So I- I'm paying you. Hello. Like you, need, you get paid so much money and don't throw a pill at me. You know, yeah. listen to what I have to say. So I'm trying to tell my doctor I want to take. A couple of weeks off, it was just uh, a month and a half to go to therapy and really deal with this. And I, I told her, uh, I told him, my therapist wants to meet with me uh, once a week, and we're going to be doing this certain type of therapy. It was sensory therapy, okay. and Amy can talk about that too, how that works. But we were working on that, and he did not want to give me the time off. time off from work. And I told him, look, it's because of. Doctors like you, like, why did you even become a doctor? Did you become a doctor to help people? Because I'm asking you genuinely for help. Like, I really need help. I'm telling you this before something happens, you know. And it took me breaking down in tears for him to sign off on that. And it made me so mad. It made me so mad because I'm like, there's a lot of like, What are you losing? As a doctor, what are you, what are you losing yeah. by being like, all right, bro, get your sh- get your shit together? No matter how, no matter, like, even as, as a doctor, if you're trying to be subjective, like, no matter how small his issue is or how big his issue is, if they're coming to you saying, like, I need this to better my life or fix my life. I'm not trying to get out of work just to Why would you not just sign the paperwork? Vacation. Yeah, I'm not getting a free vacation. You see, you're gonna get paid is, too, right? And you're gonna get paid. And I'm and I'm not saying because there are doctors out there that like they'll go in and I don't feel good. Okay, we'll give you two months off work. You know. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair, there's doctors fair, out there yes. like that. But I'm trying to go through my legitimate doctor and do yeah. it the right way because I really need help. And he didn't want to give me that help until I broke down in tears. And that made me consider changing my doctor and going to a different place because it's just like, why do I have to go through these ex- extremities just to make you believe sign off that on something um, or believe in me? Why do I have to make you believe me? You should yeah. see it because if but I do, you're not in there asking for Xanax or something like yeah. that. You're not asking oh, for drugs. Oh, but he wanted to put me on that. And that, makes no, like, that makes no so you that makes he, no he, sense. He so like, you're ready I'm to gonna, push a pill down my throat. You're ready to push a pill down my throat versus letting me go talk to somebody. But get this. His thing was, I will sign this paperwork if you start taking Zoloft. That's what he told me. He was just trying to get paid. Because a lot of people don't know this. The number, it's in the top five. I'm going to put you like this. It's in the top five. A lot of people don't know this. Doctors misdiagnosing uh, uh, patients with prescription drugs is one of the top five killers in the United States. Because if I would have never came back. Wait, but hold on. Because doctors get incentivized by the pharmaceutical companies to push their drugs because then they get commissioned off of selling it. So he literally was putting his pocketbooks first saying, take this drug so I can get a check and then I'll give you your time off. Yeah, he's like, if you take this pill, and honestly, and then I, I just I, that, that pisses me off that it goes unspoken. About. Literally, like I think I didn't take doctors the pill. are killing more people. 
I ain't gonna say that. I, I didn't say take. It, I didn't take the pill. I agreed and I filled my prescription and threw them damn pills down the trash. And I even told my therapist what happened, and she so was mad trash. about it too. But she can't do anything about well, it. Well, yeah, she can't. Yeah. But. I said, how am I going to get through my issue if I get on this pill and it's making me feel normal? Or uh, honestly, feel like I, you're okay. I, I, I didn't feel okay. I took Zoloft before. didn't feel okay. I felt numb and I felt like nothing mattered. And I, I honestly started to feel like suicidal. So well, I that's, got in the, that's in the commercial. May cause thoughts of suicide. Because you feel like, honestly, like that stuff matters. makes you feel like nothing. You don't care about anything. You start to not even care about yourself. It's so weird, but it does happen, and, and people do not talk about it. Mm-mm. And so I didn't take the pills, and I told no, my ma'am. therapist, I want to work on this with you one-on-one and not with medication. I don't want to be medicated because I want to fix it. And... It worked, you know? Yeah. It worked. So, I mean, it, it, of course, therapy is, like, ongoing, and you have to continue to, to work on things. But for the majority of what I was going through, I honestly felt like it was resolved. So many things were answered for me that I yeah. never could think of. And so one thing that I, I'm going to tell everybody before we go, uh, before we wrap everything up, is, like, when you have feelings of, like, think about how you feel when you feel happy. Mm-hmm. You feel good. You feel great. Mm-hmm. And then think about when you're angry and you're just pissed off and you don't want to see nobody. You don't want to <sighs> talk to nobody. Yeah. And then think about when you're sad and I you just want to cry or you just want to curl up in a ball and just everybody leave me alone. You know, I'm going through something. That's why ice cream and cuddles. <laughs> those feelings. And it's crazy that. Amy told me this, the therapist, when she told it to him, I felt like she unlocked something in me. But she told me um, those feelings that you're feeling when you feel happy, when you feel sad, when you feel angry, those feelings, you should tell yourself that they're temporary. And I was like, that's so true. And, and, And we don't see it that way because we dwell on the ugly parts like the sadness and the anger and when we have happiness those are only moments in time we're always going to have those moments of time of anger Mm. happiness sadness they're normal and if you learn to accept that we go through these things on a daily basis it will make it, it will help you deal with them a lot better oh a thousand percent if it if so when i so for example when i get into uh, when I'm angry, I start to think to myself, this is only temporary. That Why am I even angry? What's going on with me? What mm-hmm. is making me angry? And I start to analyze it so that I can get at Because I hate to be angry. If I get angry early in the day, it ruins your oh. whole day. I feel it, like I'm angry the whole day. It will set the tone. And I get mad at myself because I'm like, I'm not going to let myself be angry all day long. Because what is it going to solve? And then... Uh, honestly, sometimes it gets you, and I go through my day, and I'm angry, and then I find you myself negative Nancy, out. huh? You come negative Nancy. Yeah, yes. Don't want to do anything. Don't want to see anybody. But if you know that it's only temporary, like if you're feeling sad about something, this is temporary. It's gonna pass, mm-hmm. you know. But and then the happiness, we don't get. You know, when we have the happiness, we try to hang on to it. Try to hang on to it as long as we can. But you have to understand, it's not gonna stay there forever. Mm-hmm. You can be happy, but it's gonna be in moments. It's not gonna be in like 
some people are happy all the time. That's weird to me. I need to talk to somebody about that. But Jan <laughs> from Drag Race. <laughs> They're just always on tan and happy. Right. Angry. Your roller coaster don't never come down. They go through things privately because we all go through things privately. Jan? Never broadcast it. I don't know about Jan. That girl always happy. <laughs> you could kick Jan in the kneecap and she'll be happy about it. Like, There's something know. going on inside all of us, I believe. But That's true. That's you true. know, just to say. Love you, know, you Jan. Reach out to your resources, and and when we come back and we have Amy on the show, hopefully we can help some people. We're not therapists, but um, you know she is, and she's a licensed therapist. And I hope that she can reach out to some people, and you guys reach out to us before she even comes on the show, so that you can get your questions out and get your questions answered. You know, mm-hmm. we'll have some of your questions on here, but I uh, just want to end the show with. Uh, the number to the National Suicide Prevention telephone number. Um, if you need help, or if even if, you can even call this line if you think one of your family members or friends or anyone around you is suicidal. Did you know that? And they okay, will they call? Do they call them if you give them the number or something? No, they will. T- t- uh, they'll ask you certain things to help you determine if that person is suicidal. Um, they'll also oh, give you sure. some ways to help reach out to them if you if try to connect yeah if you're not sure how to connect with someone but you know they're having a hard time you know you can call them too you don't have to wait or, or tell them hey you should call these people because more than likely they're past that point right, right, you know because right. nobody's even listened to them so the number is 1-800-273-8255 800-273-8255 and this is a, a 24-hour line um they know English and Spanish. Uh, they, I'm pretty sure they could get a translator on the line too. If no habla English. Another language, huh? No habla English. <laughs> but guys, thank you for listening. I know this is not the norm show, but our show really doesn't have. We don't really have a. a any, We're gonna talk about what the hell we want to talk. We're about. We're gonna talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. If you don't like it, then you don't gotta listen to us. But we hope that you listen. Yeah, keep listening, but just understand, we're going to talk about what the hell we're going to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, thank you guys again, and uh, don't forget to follow us, sky underscore squids with a Z on Instagram. Uh, Follow our YouTube page, uh, sky squids again with a Z. Just search for us. Email us, skysquidspodcast at gmail.com. Reach out to us in any way, and... uh, We'll see you next time. Peace.